It is your Friday Daily Delivery. I'm Michael Rand. Happy to be back with you for the final show of the week. Hope you're having a good day so far. It is St. Patrick's Day. It is cold outside, and that will stand in stark contrast to a warm memory I'll bring you a little bit later in the show. Chicken Fingers 69 of Twitter fame of the uh, sportive podcast will join me here in a little while to reminisce about the 2012 St. Patrick's Day miracle where it was 80 degrees. It was a Saturday. The WCHA Final Five was in St. Paul, as was a wild game. It was an amazing day, and I just thought it may warm you up a little bit to hear kind of some remembrances, not just of that day, but the Final Five, just kind of thinking about a different time. So that will be a fun little trip down memory lane here in just a little bit. Also got some basketball stuff to get to, transfer portal stuff for both the men's and women's teams at the University of Minnesota. Plus, of course, men's tournament started in earnest yesterday already. Probably some of your brackets not looking so great with some of the developments there. So we'll get to that a little bit at the end of the show. And some Vikings thoughts coming up in a few minutes as well. Could be a busy day yet today. Uh, based on what they've done so far and what they have to do yet. First, though, what did I miss? Let's start with the Minnesota Wild appreciation segment for just a few minutes here because, as I wrote about on Thursday, it kind of feels like a lot of teams have been kind of, you know, stuck in drama mode or, you know, the Timberwolves kind of up and down, winning, losing, winning, losing, hovering, or hovering around 500, and right now they're exactly 500 at 35 and 35. You've got you know the Vikings hogging a lot of the headlines with their off-season moves. You got the Twins getting ready for the year. You got United just started the season. Um, you know you got the Gophers making a bunch of news with you know, with the firing of Lindsey Whalen, or I guess the 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 letting go of Lindsey Whalen. Let's 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 temper that down a little bit. Even though I think at this point we can say it was not her decision to leave um, the men's basketball program. A lot of news there as well. The Wild though. They just keep winning 14 games in a row where they have gotten at least one point in the game, 11-0-3. And And I kind of went through the numbers just to to recognize how remarkable that stretch is. And before I get to that, though, uh, the Wild on Thursday released some amazing mic'd-up footage of Marc-Andre Fleury when he tried to engage Jordan Bennington in a fight uh, goalie fight at, during Wednesday's game. Bennington going after Ryan Hartman. Um, Flurry skating all the way down, trying to engage Bennington in a fight. The the uh, referees would not let it happen. Um, it's you lose a lot in not being able to see it at the time, and also it's a little hard to hard to cl- clearly understand what Flurry is saying. But just here's just a few seconds of it because it's truly outstanding stuff. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. No, 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 14 games in a row, and they've done it so differently, and it came kind of out of nowhere. I mean, here, here's a few things by the numbers. One, they were 1-4-1 one, and one in the six games leading up to this 14-game point streak. They looked like they were dead in the water, falling out of the playoff race, just plummeting in the Western Conference standings. After after their last regula- regulation loss, um, which was 
I believe February 15th, so over a month ago, is the last time they had a regulation loss. The next day, they looked up in the standings. They were in fourth place in the Central Division. They were tied for the second and final wild card spot in the West. And the West is not great this year, by the way. So the fact that they were essentially tied for eighth at that point in a pretty weak conference shows you how far they were kind of tumbling in the standings with, with some poor play up to that point. Like I said, they were fourth in the fourth in the Central Division, 10 points behind um, division-leading Dallas, 8 points behind Winnipeg, a couple points behind Colorado, just kind of looking like they were going nowhere. And then all of a sudden, they start this streak. And they're not scoring goals at all before the streak, and they're still not scoring go- they were still not scoring goals after that point. Um, they scored 21 goals in the first 10 games of this point streak. So averaging like a little over two goals a game, like I don't understand how you put together a streak like that unless you realize that they didn't allow more than three goals in any of those games. And I think that was just once or twice that they allowed three goals in the first 10 games of this streak. So they went 8-0-2 during that first 10 games of the streak, 21 goals in those 10 games. Kaprizov, Kirill Kaprizov injured in the last game of those first 10. So of course... In the last four games of the streak, they've also scored 21 goals, including those eight the other night. Almost all of that coming coming without Kirill Kaprizov. So suddenly, without their best score, they are scoring more and winning games big rather than little at the at the end of the streak. But it's catapulted them up the standings. They are now second place in the Central, just one point behind Dallas. And Dallas lost last night. Dallas has played one more game than the Wild had. They're seven seven points ahead of Winnipeg. They've gained 15 points on Winnipeg during the last month. Uh, Winnipeg now down in in third place in the Central. So the Wild contending surely for for the Central Division title. They're right in the mix. One point behind Dallas, and they've played one fewer game now than Dallas. That is right firmly in the mix. Um, you know, if they can get two points in their next game, no picnic there because it'll be Saturday against Boston, best team in hockey. But uh, if they can do that, they will be right there in first place in the Central, and we'll see. Um, we'll see where they can go the rest of the year. I know they're on a, they're on a real hot streak right now. They've been able to win some games, close games, uh, you know, shootouts, overtime, you know, games they've pulled out. So that's not going to be sustainable forever. But this has put them back in a position where they can feel good about not just how they're playing, but the chance to win a division title. I think they've only won one division title in their whole history, so if they could do that again, that would be a pretty big deal and would give them the sort of seed in the playoffs that you need in order to make a deep playoff run. Let's turn our attention to the Vikings for a little while here. They had an eventful day on Thursday, but maybe not as eventful as we thought, or maybe eventful in a way that we wouldn't have imagined when the day began. Um, They did... Agreed to terms on a restructured deal with Harrison Smith. I thought that was a big deal. I actually thought he played pretty well last season. I think, he, obviously, he was a little bit miscast in Ed Donatel's defense, but I still noticed him quite a bit last year. He still looked like himself. He does not look like he's necessarily lost that step that you see sometimes with, with veterans. I think you saw that a little bit with Eric Kendrick, so I thought that was you know something that made sense with, with the move they made on Eric Kendrick. But I did not get that sense from Harrison Smith most of the time last year. So I thought that was a good decision on their part, and I'm glad they were able to come to terms with him, that that restructure worked for him as well. Um, they're supposed to introduce three people, three new free agents on uh, on Thursday. They only ended up introducing two of them, um, the cornerback Byron Murphy 
and uh, the, their tight end, their blocking tight end, Josh Oliver, coming over from the Ravens. But was supposed to be a third, Marcus Davenport, and that one got held up. Um, ben Gessling reporting that there's still some some details being worked out in that contract. But I also imagine, I don't know if they can fit him in under the cap until they do something else. And that probably brings us to today when there are some decisions to be made, some uh, some contract language for Darius Smith and Dalvin Cook that make today um, so, sort of a deadline, a, a hard deadline, third le- third day of the league year. For those guys, some guarantees kick in in their contracts. So it kind of goes to show that we look at this at the start of free agency or at the start of kind of the beginning of all this, and we say, well, these are the moves they're probably going to try to make. Um, Probably still going to happen, I would think, on Dalvin in some cases and Zadarius Smith, but um, a good GM. Uh, And we'll see if Kwesi Udofomensa proves to be a good GM. But a good GM, a good decision maker, does not make a decision until they have to. You don't make a decision before you have to. And I would imagine that they're exploring all their options with both of those guys, maybe looking at the trade market, seeing if they want to make a deal instead of just making a cut. Dalvin Cook is less cut and dried, but I just have to imagine, when they signed Alexander Madison a couple days ago, I don't think Alexander Madison comes back here if Dalvin Cook is still going to be here. I'm sure those guys get along. It's not a matter of personal clash, but... I think I got to think Alexander Madison wants a chance to run the ball a little bit more, not just be the understudy, getting a few carries here and there, or being there as insurance if in case Dalvin Cook gets injured. So my my sense is that something is coming on Dalvin Cook today. We will see about that. But the bigger picture point I wanted to make, and again, I have no particular insight into Dalvin Cook, and I'm just kind of looking at the situation as a whole. Um, bigger picture takeaway is that. You don't make a move until you have to. So I think today could still be eventful. I'm sure once a move is made, I'm sure they can get that thing to the finish line with Marcus Davenport, the uh, the pass rusher that they are that they are they agreed to terms with um, at the start of free agency on Wednesday. So we'll see. Kind of remaking this defense, getting a little bit younger, getting a little bit more um, skilled uh, at the point of attack. I think Byron Murphy will help with that. There's still they still got some moves to make though. They still got some work to do. I don't know if the defense is necessarily going to be all that better next year. I'm, I'm intrigued by some of the pieces they're adding, but I think there's going to be some growing pains too when you're turning a lot of this over probably to some younger players. So we will see. We will see what's yet to come today. I'm guessing we'll do an Access Vikings recording here later on Friday as well once the dust settles, so look for that. Uh, but for right now, is uh, playing it pretty close to the vest, and we will see where this all lands. Take a playcation to Mystic Lake. With 24-7 gaming, the good times never have to end. And you can satisfy your cravings at our restaurants and bars. Or relax in one of our luxurious hotel rooms. Those that play together, stay together. And don't forget to join Club M so you can spark new memories and bask in the rewards along the way. Follow the lights to Mystic Lake, where every day is play day. Let's have some fun on Daily Delivery today. Not that we don't every day, but today I'm joined by Chicken Fingers 69 of Twitter fame, of sportive podcast delights and fame. Um, we had this kind of Twitter back and forth, Chicken Fingers, the other day about the 2012, how nice it was on St. Patrick's Day and just the confluence of events that day. And, you know, as I was looking at the forecast this week, I was like, man, it's going to be like, 24 
on St. Patrick's Day this year in like snowy and, you know, freezing rains, uh, you know, everything going wrong. So I thought it'd be fun to take a trip down memory lane 11 years ago, St. Patrick's Day and the events that unfolded. Are are you ready for that? I am ready. Absolutely. Thank you for having me on to talk about this. So on that day, St. Patrick's Day 2012, it was it reached a high of 80 degrees in Unfathomable. I can't. Yeah, looking outside. Let's start with the start with the weather. Eighty degrees sure. that day. Eighty degrees. It doesn't seem uh, possible at this time. Looking outside, feeling how cold it was this morning. Um, yes. We've got an outdoor rink in my yard. You, you could have skated outdoors. You could skate outdoors right now. Yes. In my backyard, if you wanted to, and it was eighty degrees that day. Yeah, eighty degrees that day, and it has not been over 60 degrees on any other St. Patrick's Day in the Twin Cities since 1968. No other day in the Twin Cities on St. Patrick's Day has reached a high of even more than 60 in over 50 so years. There. In over I 50 years. That day, that day was 80 degrees. 80. I wore shorts and a t-shirt to downtown St. Paul that day. Yes, because it was a Saturday. It was St. Patrick's Day. It was 80 degrees in the middle of March. And it was the championship game of the WCHA Final Five and the Minnesota Wild game in that very same day. Oh, I attended the WCHA tournament. I attended the Wild game that day. I remember the first half of the first period of the WCHA Finals. (laughs) And then after that, it gets... Do you remember who was playing? Oh, good Lord. I promised you I would not look this up. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you, I'll, I'll prop in my head when we first talked about this, I thought we were going to talk about the um, Blake Wheeler goal again in the championship goal against North Dakota coming down the left side against Brian Lee, that diving goal. Yeah. That, that was not that year. That was way earlier than that. Yeah. That was maybe like 2000, maybe 07, 2007, 2009, something like that. Yeah. Somewhere in there. So that wasn't that goal. I would say it was probably North Dakota because they're always, they were always in it and yeah. they drive me crazy. So I'm guessing North Dakota. Correct. I'm guessing because I don't remember it that well. It wasn't the Gophers. So it would be, and I'm a Gophers fan. So that's why I wouldn't remember it that well. So short of that, it would be like CC or Denver, somebody like that in that era. Yeah. It was Denver. You're right. So that's, that's pretty good. North Dakota and Denver. North Dakota won the game. For nothing, no wonder you just Figures. decided to give give in to the to the other stall to the, to ah. the other uh, to the other things. Yeah, it was funny. The Minnesota and and Minnesota Duluth were the top two seeds that ah. year. The Gophers had actually won the uh, regular season trophy. Was that called the McNaughton Cup or was that the WCHA postseason award? I can't uh, remember. Do you remember? Let's go with McNaughton Cup. I that think it's McNaughton right. Cup. Yeah. yeah so they right. were they were the WCHA regular season champs that year, but they lost. They and Minnesota Duluth lost in the semifinals of the tournament that year. But now, refresh my memory. I can't. It's been a long time. When they did this, the Wild did play a lot on those Saturdays. Was it Final Five Championship game first, and then the Wild? Or did the Wild slot into that afternoon game, and then it was the Final Five at night? Do you remember how it went? Yikes. I do not remember exactly. No, I remember waking up. On a Metro Transit City bus, and not knowing how I got there. <laughs> Tell me more about that. The orders of the, I don't remember the order of the two games. No, I'm sorry. 
I don't remember either. Um, I just I was wondering if you remember how they used to do it back then. How did you wind up on a metro transit bus? Do you do you have any that's recollection great, of that? Great question. Yeah, that's a great question. I I think uh, you know a lot of this stuff. I'd I'd love to you know run for office someday or something just to find out about a lot of these skeletons in my closet. Have somebody do a dive on really some <laughs> of the things I did because I don't know. It's a great question. Um, we got downtown real early, downtown St. Paul real early. It was such a beautiful day. Went to the parade, um, alleries, go oh, sure. bar. Yeah. Um, and, and the hat trick lounge, we could talk about that place too. Um, and then, and then things just kind of got a, you know, spun away from me They're They're real quick. How I ended up on that city bus. I don't know. And you um, hate public transportation. That's the only way they'll get me on it. <laughs> um that's just that's so yeah boy how they did it i don't know it's a, maybe it's a, maybe fireman carry over their shoulder and just plot me down it's, maybe hate's it's too weird. strong of a word but you you're not a public transit enthusiast i don't think that i don't think the green line existed at that point did it so we we could not mm. have uh could not have had the uh the big city feels or the camaraderie going back and forth <laughs> no, from, uh, I'm far from a light rail I historian i don't, I don't, I don't know. think it, i don't think it did i don't think it did i think that was a little later on in the light rail evolution but speaking in general terms i feel like that was people still you know when we started talking about this on twitter like people just kind of jumped in like what a what a day that was and Mm -hmm. it just it just kind of struck me one reason i imagine was just 80 degrees right it's 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 this amazing day i was down there for a while i'm fairly sure and again i i like you went to a lot of these tournaments i like you kind of these kind of run together i believe our mutual friend rocket uh, and I, I think we went to the wild game that day because they were playing the Carolina Hurricanes mm. um, in that game. Carolina Hurricanes beat the Wild five to three. I'm going to give you a little trivia from that game in a minute. And I he's think a we, fan. I think we went. He's a to, Carolina fan, right? He's a Carolina fan. Yes, yes, he is. Yeah. Season ticket holder, if I'm not mistaken. Um, not not full season, but he's got season tickets now. Um, if if I'm not mistaken, we went to we got cheap tickets. I think to the. Denver, North Dakota game too, because a lot of people had unloaded, you know, they didn't sure. want to, you know, a lot of the Minnesota, Minnesota fans. Duluth fans had yep. unloaded tickets. So we just grabbed some of those and and went to that game too. Um, but that was kind of in the interim time. And I'm, I'm, I'm opening up a can of worms because I'm letting you get started. I'm picking at a scab oh. here, but it was the interim time between when they had announced the formation of the Big Ten Hockey League but the WCHA was still in existence. And so I feel like maybe that played a role to people understanding that this was not going to be something that was going to happen forever, that this was probably the second to last, at least as it was going to be with all of these teams in it, the second to last final WCHA final five. Yeah. I did have that feel of um, what was it like? I think the immediate thing that pops to mind is when they uh, had like the last game at Cleveland metropolitan stadium or what they, okay, let's blow up the, the Met or whatever. Right. And if you recall that video on YouTube, I think you can find where the people just destroyed this. I think Met Stadium too. With like yes. It, here in, in Bloomington, um, people went to that game and then just destroyed the, 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 the attitude during that game was, it was heightened because it was one of the last ones. Now they didn't destroy XL Energy Center. No, like you said, it was just a feeling of this. You're not going to get this again. We don't quite know what, what the Big Ten or the HCNC, NCHC, yeah, uh, <laughs> NCHC, yeah, 
MC, HC, MC. That's where I ended up at the hospital. That's the hospital I ended up at, at that, that night was HCMC. That's not it. Um, that was the feeling I think was, uh, yeah, it, it, we're not going to get this again. We're certainly not going to get many 80 degree days on St. Patrick's day in St. Paul for the WCHA tournament. So let's live it up, live it up, live in the moment, the wild. Okay. I want to get back to a little of that trivia while we're still talking about that day. <clears throat> uh, wild lost five to three. Matt Hackett was the goalie for <clears throat> the wild that day. Gave up four goals on 33 shots. Um, the goals Yikes. scored by the wild were scored by Nick Johnson, Eric oh, Christensen, and Kyle Brodziak. I, um, okay. This was a long Brodziak, I remember. The other two, I vaguely, very little remember. Brodziak had three points in the game. Um, mm-hmm. One of the leading forwards in terms of ice time was Danny Heatley with a minus two in 20 minutes and 26 seconds of ice time. Danny the Heatley logged 27 shifts that day. Chinese fire lantern he would just float around there in the neutral zone didn't back check didn't forecheck uh oh he drove me crazy i know he did oh good lord and that was the year i believe that was when zucker was in jail basically they wouldn't let him out he's playing left wing they gave him no time and instead they threw heatley out there and um it's just that that season drove me crazy yo loved veterans Yes. Loved Heatley, wouldn't play Zucker, um, and I would just watch those games with clenched teeth. I did not expect to find a current member of the Wild um, on that team, but Jared Spurgeon played that game, played 22 minutes. So he was wow already here in 2012, which seems like, I don't know, it doesn't feel like he's been here that long. feels like he's, he, in my mind, Jared Spurgeon is still relatively young, but obviously Jared Spurgeon is not all that young if this is at least his 12th NHL season. Um, he still looks like he's He still looks young, forever young. Devin Setaguchi played in that game. This is just, just a trip down memory lane. Oh, Nick another... Palmieri, Jed Ortmeier, um, Matt Cullen logged a lot of that Cal Clutterbuck. Sure. This was not the best team the Wild had to offer. And, of course, it was only a few months after that that they, uh, that they went and got uh, – Parisian Suter, right? That was 2012 that they signed those guys, if I'm not mistaken. So that uh, that turned around. But um, I don't know. Any final thoughts? Not so much just about that day, but about the tradition of going to the Final Five back then. I mean, I know things don't always stay the same. We can't expect things to always be as they are. But that was this is kind of a, a special event that kind of brought together a lot of passionate fan bases that love to just kind of chirp at each other but in in kind of a in kind of a generally a good way yeah it was it was you know the north dakota fans coming down 94 from their sad huts and living it up for a weekend in saint paul it was the michigan tech band um yeah all of those things and like you said it was jovial it was um you know i think we all knew um, we all had our biases and stuff, but at the end it was pretty fun. Just giving North Dakota fans, um, some ribbing. I think at those tournaments, they had their good games and we had our good game. Like Blake, I brought up the Blake Wheeler game. Yeah. We all had our moments. So we could, there was all years and things that we could lean on. 
um, in giving those jabs back to each other. But um, that's what I remember was um, everybody was there to have a good time. And then that we- that particular year, the weather just cooperating. And then it was St. Patrick's Day. So right. you'd flood out into the streets and people who could care less about hockey were, were, were having fun too. So that added to the excitement. St. Paul likes to drink. Has St. Paul ever been drunker than that? Because I don't know if it has been. I Yeah, I certainly... I don't know that I have been in St. Paul as drunk as I was that day. So I added to it. I, if, if that was a record, I, I did my part. <laughs> Nothing to be angry about. I, usually when I have you on, it's because you've never been angrier. So I'm glad that this doesn't, I guess maybe the, the collapse of the old WCHA makes you angry, but you don't seem angry. You seem reflective about this time. I don't miss playing North Dakota four times a season and, and having, um, I, I guess I do in a sense, but um, my guess that season, that, that tournament, North Dakota probably won that tournament. So I miss that. Maybe yeah. I'm angry about that. I'm still angry about them winning that tournament in 2012. 11 years uh, later. Let's go with that. I mean, I really don't even remember that. Moment, but let's go. With that. <laughs> don't remember much about it at all. Well, you know what? It oh. was, I think what I, what I love about it is I think it, it's, it sparked something like anybody who was there in that moment and, you know, kind of has a hazy recollection of, of that day. All you really remember is that it was unlike something you had ever really experienced those rare, like weird, yeah. nice days here in March 17th. Like it's never St. Patrick's <laughs> day is never that nice. You might get the occasional relatively nice day. But like I said, that was a high temperature by 20 degrees over anything we've experienced here in the last 50 years. And again, it is going to be less than, it was going to be 50 degrees or more colder than that today uh, on St. Patrick's Day. So, um, you know, we'll always have our memories, will we not? Well, half memories, quarter memories, we'll always have. Quarter memories, we'll take it. Well, thanks, Chicken Figures, for uh, for in, in uh, engaging me on a trip down memory lane, and I'm sure we'll talk again soon. Thank you, Michael. Always love to catch up with Chicken Fingers. He's, uh, he's, he's a beauty. He is an all-time treasure. He loved the Final Five more than anybody I probably have ever met. And I feel bad for him that that tournament is no longer in existence. But I'm glad that we got to reminisce a little bit about one of the greatest days in recorded St. Paul history. Um, and, of course, hockey still goes on. Gophers men's team playing Michigan in the Big Ten final this weekend. Gophers women's team playing against um, Wisconsin in the Frozen Four today in uh, in Duluth. So hope you guys can make it up there if you are planning to. The weather conditions are not great. It feels like four or five, you know, Thursday, Fridays in a row we've had bad weather. I'm ready for some better weather. I think you all are as well. But got no control over that. What you can control, like uh, like Taylor Heisey said on Thursday's podcast, excellent Gophers women's hockey player, you can't control the bad bounces, things like that, all you can control is what you can control. So we will try to keep that in mind today. Let's finish up with the cooler. Gophers men's and women's basketball teams getting some transfer portal news. Um, the Gopher men, it wasn't too much of a – it wasn't so much news, but it kind of caught my eye that uh, Jameson Battle is going into the transfer portal, that he might not be turning pro as was the narrative um, when he when we found out that he was doing senior night stuff and going through that process with the Gophers. He's been here two years. He had transferred from George Washington, where he'd played two years there. Um, so he's played four years in college, but he does have another. He does have more more eligibility. And if Jameson Battle ends up leaving for another school instead of going pro, that to me will be 
pretty significant loss for Ben Johnson. I can get it if he's turning pro. He's not an NBA player, but if he's turning pro to go play somewhere overseas, start making some money, I'm all for that. He's played four years in college. I mean, someone who plays four years in college can do anybody can do whatever they want. But if you played four years in college, you go do whatever you want. But if he is leaving to go to another program, that to me would be a little bit of a signal that that things just aren't that great here. And you know, <laughs> things haven't been that great here. They haven't been winning. But here's a guy who's from here, came back here, wanted to be a program leader, had a great year two seasons ago. This year was more of a struggle, had that injury, a little bit of a position switch, trying to share the floor with Dawson Garcia. I don't know how well that always worked out for him, but if he leaves, that to me would be an interesting one. Talon Cooper, um, I don't, that one's not a surprise to me, and I think they need a different direction in the backcourt, but Jamison Battle leaving to me would be a pretty big blow to that program. The women's team, by the way, a big blow for the women's team, uh, Rose Michaud excellent center for the Gophers who made a lot of improvements this year announcing that she is entering the transfer portal did that did that on social media said the University of Minnesota will always have a special place in her heart she thanked coaches teammates thanked her family thanked all the Gophers fans but said with with all that said I will be entering my name into the transfer portal to further my academic and athletic career um she had 13.9 points she led the Gophers in uh, rebounds, offensive rebounds, blocks, free throw attempts, double doubles. Um, she averaged almost eight rebounds a game. She shot over 50% this year. It was an all Big Ten honorable mention by both the coaches and the media. So that is a pretty notable departure for the Gophers, even though it looks like all of their excellent freshman class is going to stay. So more on that to come, more on whatever the Gophers are going to end up hiring to replace Lindsey Whalen. But, you know, They've done a good job of keeping most of this intact so far, but I don't know. If, if you don't have Rose Michaud, that is a, a, a tough one going into next season. So we'll see what they're able to maybe bring in in the portal and what else is to come with that program. That will do it for me today. Hope you guys have an excellent, excellent weekend. Stay warm. It's going to be like high of like 17 today. It's just ridiculous. Let's get some springtime coming. It's supposed to be in the in the low 40s next week. That's not great, but it's something. We'll take it. Um, enjoy the rest of your day. Be back at it again on Monday. <laughs>